Our scripture reading today is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 through 21. And our sermon today is entitled, Christ Has Come. This is the Lord's word. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we, were, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless us in the reading his holy word. Children, what is Christmas? Is Christmas just a time to receive gifts? When you're little, that's all that it seemed like, to receive gifts. Or Christmas was a time where your family would get together and eat lots of food and celebrate. In many ways, when you are a child and you celebrate Christmas, you saw the goodness of all things. God is good to us and that he has planted in our hearts a desire for goodness, a desire for love, a desire to have that perfect world that we all Imagine. And in many ways, every Christmas season, many of us try to recreate or to seek that perfection. Now, there are some people out there who have given up. Christmas is just another day for them. It's a reminder of hopelessness. It's a reminder of a goal that can never be achieved. And so they tarry through the day just hoping that the holidays will pass. But either way, whoever you may be or whatever, wherever your heart may land, one thing is for sure. We desire hope. Whether we think it's attainable or not, we desire heaven. We desire love. We desire the perfection that is ingrained into our hearts. In our world today, people have lost their sense of religion, a purpose of meaning and morality. But as the world has gone in that direction, interestingly enough, there's been a little bit of a pushback. 
Even the secular world has seen the value of religious institutions and even the church. That the church gives people a sense of community, of belongingness. That the church itself gives morality, a sense of what's right and what's wrong. That the church is sort of the, the oil that, 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 that lubricates the gears of society and the social interaction allowing us to, to speak and to communicate, to encourage, to love, and to forgive, to set sort of moral standards and moral ways to live with one another. And in fact, there are many people today in our world who enjoy Christmas and enjoy Christianity because they see it's good for society. But here's the thing. We may not have people in this world, especially here in the South, who will say to you that Christianity is false. You won't have many people who come up to you and say to you that what you are worshiping is all made up and opiate for the masses. You will hear people simply say to you, if it's good for you, if it's good for society, then it's okay. And in many ways in our lives today, even as Christians, that type of understanding of faith has seeped into the church and has seeped into our own hearts as well. That we see Christianity, even Jesus, as simply a myth in the best sense of the word, best sense of the word, a myth, a belief that, that propagates good moral living. And that this myth helps to bind our nation and bind our people together. But let me ask you a question. Children, is Jesus just a myth or is Jesus a real person? Jesus is a real person. Peter here is trying to encourage the new churches that he's been ministering to, very much a church like ours. And he's saying to the church, you must remember that this church is not built on some mythology. We did not make this up so that people can gather together. This Jesus that we are proclaiming to you is a Jesus that we saw, a Jesus that we walked with, the Jesus that has, has spoken to us. This same Jesus is the Jesus that when we were on the mountain of transfiguration, we saw him glow as light. And we saw Moses and Elijah come down. And we saw the three of them speaking to one another. This same Jesus that we are talking about is the Jesus that was prophesied in the Old Testament. That all of Israel was waiting for and in his birth was fulfillment of those promises. This same 
Jesus. This is a Jesus that has given the church life. I love seeing you guys here together as families. And as I said in my welcoming to all of you, families is a double-edged sword, isn't it? <laughs> families at times are, are the best blessings that you have. But we also know in this broken world, families can often be the most challenging part of life. We have seen this shift in our American society over the last 25 years. All you need to do is look at, um, at, at, at American television or just entertainment in general. Uh, do you remember the times where most TV shows were family-oriented TV shows? Maybe you weren't even born yet. Uh, but I remember shows like The Brady Bunch. I remember shows like, like Family Ties. I remember shows like, um, what's the Olsen Twins? What show was that? Full House. See, I don't even remember that show. But I remember shows like that, where it, it was the family that was the center of, of all community. And even with all the, the, the messiness, it was the family that, that, that kept things together. But nowadays, what are the shows people watch? There were Seinfeld. Was it just a bunch of friends? Friends, which is a bunch of friends. <laughs> and every other show that you can think about, it's friendships over against families. But even then, I would argue at the end of all those sitcoms, it's all about getting married, family. There's a brokenness amongst us in our families. And as we gather together as families, I want you to see and understand that the hope that you have in Jesus is not just a wishful thinking of hope. Perhaps you are many, one of many millions, tens of millions of people who go through their Facebook or their Instagram and they scroll and they look at all the wonderful things that families are doing. And you start fantasizing about, this is what I want. This is what I need. And you start thinking to yourself, these good feelings, this myth that the internet is building is what I'm going to take with me back home. And these feelings, this myth should be enough for my family to grow well. And so you make all the food, you do all the decorations, you do whatever you think it takes. But do you realize that myth itself, if Jesus was a myth, that it's not enough? Peter is trying to get through to you and me that Mary actually had a child, gave birth, that this young boy would become the savior of the world, that in him is life and the hope of all 
nations. You see, the problem with humanity is not that we need more mythologies. The issue with human living is not that we need better stories to tell, to encourage us. The problem with humanity is that deep down in our hearts, we are people who know that we need to be forgiven and we, are, we know that we are people who need to forgive. And Jesus came down to heal us ultimately from our transcendent need to be forgiven for the sins that we have done against God. And in so doing, you, because of this child, and because of that day when he will hang on the cross, you have been forgiven. You have been loved. You see, I don't understand oftentimes when the world says that Jesus is a myth, that we'll look at the Bible and we'll just take the stories that we want about Jesus' unconditional love. We make Jesus and God into a farce when we say that. When we see that Jesus is here to forgive me, but I've done nothing wrong against Jesus. I don't need forgiveness from him. I didn't sin against him. Jesus is here just to make me feel good. It's such a farcical way of looking at what the Bible teaches, but it's also a farcical way of just looking at relationships in general. Think about it. If you have a friendship with someone, if you're married to someone, if, if you're a child, if you're a mother and you're a father, and all you do is say, listen, I love you, but you always do wrong to me. I never do wrong to you. What type of reality are we living in? Right? You would never have a relationship with someone where you're always right and they're always wrong. Or you're always wrong and they're always right. That's a nonsensical relationship in the world itself. How is it that we choose to make that nonsensical relationship with Jesus and God himself? It makes no sense just viscerally as human beings. And of course, it is unbiblical to what the Bible teaches. Jesus has come. And we rejoice. For we have received the forgiveness of sins. And we have received the power and the hope to bring all things under his glory. My prayer for our church and my prayer for each and every one of you is very simple during this holiday season. As you get to see family, you get to see old friends, don't think so much about the past and say, oh, they haven't amounted too much or, you know, wow, look how successful they are. Don't project in the future of this is what they should be or what they can be. 
but at the moment you're with them. Show them your need of Jesus. Show them their need of Jesus. Show them that in weakness, a baby, in weakness, your humility, that hope has come. Praise be to our God. He and he alone has saved. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we ask for forgiveness in many ways. We are a people who like mythologies. We are people who like stories. Stories, whether they are true or not, often move our hearts, Lord God. And Lord, we know that the world loves a good story to encourage. But Father, we know that the story of Jesus, the narratives in the Bible, that their power comes not in simply the form of the story, but the content in itself. You, God, who are infinite, came down to earth. You, God, who came down to earth, came not to conquer, but came as a babe. You came to live the life that we should have lived, and you took the death that we should have died. You did all of this, Lord God, to restore our relationship with you. You have brought forgiveness into our lives, both granting it to us, Lord, for our sins against you and one another, and also giving us that same power to forgive others as well. May we be, Lord, a people of hope for all. Help us, Lord God. We are weak. We are weak, and we need your love, your grace, and your power to do what's right in your sight. So, Lord, on this day of Christmas, we celebrate, for we are no longer slaves to sin. We celebrate, for we, not, we do not just grit our teeth and just get through life. We celebrate, for we have hope. So, Lord God, thank you. Thank you for your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.